Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. For each episode here on the Lead Bold Podcast, we focus in on what we call the three W's when it comes to talking to our guests. The first W is a word, something that has been given to them or been put on their heart by God about working in ministry. Two is a warning, something that they have learned from, can share insight for, or can even kind of open up vulnerability about failures and places where they have room to grow. And lastly, wow, a time in their ministry and in their walk with Jesus where they have been blown away by what God has done and what he has taught them. Let's jump into our episode for today. Our guest today is Nancy Beach, who is most known for her groundbreaking ministry to more fully unleash the arts in the local church and for leading artists with grace, wisdom, and skills. For over 20 years, she has served as the programming director of Willow Creek Community Church in suburban Chicago, building a community of artists who sought to create transformational moments in weekend church services. She's also served as a teaching pastor and bringing the message to her congregation. She invested five years as the leadership team member for the Willow Creek Association, which is an organization that exists to envision and inspire church leaders all over the world in over 26 countries and on six continents. She has shared her passion, teaching, and conferences and workshops. She now serves as a leadership coach with the Slingshot Group and Ascent Leader. She coaches individuals and teams to help them flourish in ministry. And her latest book was released in June of 2022, just a few months ago. It's called Next Sunday, an honest dialogue about the future of the church. And it was co-written with Nancy's daughters. Samantha Beach Kylie. Together they explore what will be required for the local church to thrive and not merely survive. You are going to absolutely love this episode and we can't wait for you to hear more about Nancy Beach. But let's hear from Andrea and then jump into the episode. As someone who has worked in creative arts for about 25 years, I absolutely loved this conversation. But no matter what your ministry background, I know you will be a better leader if you incorporate the things that our guest has to share. She's a leader, an artist, and an author who brings some really tangible wisdom about how to pay attention to where God is showing up. We also talk about risk-taking and how it relates to being a bold leader. So enjoy this conversation with Nancy Beach. Well, hey, everybody. We are back with another episode of the Lead Bold Podcast. I'm Andrea Coley, and I'm here with Aaron Seth. Hey, Aaron. Hey, hey, excited to be here today. I'm just pumped to have this conversation with our our guest. Yes, let's get to it. Nancy Beach, welcome. Thank you. Great to be with you both. Uh, You guys already heard a little bit about Nancy, but I just have to say I am especially so excited to have her in this conversation today. Um, For those of you that um, weren't familiar with Nancy before, um, I just have to say that I've been since my early 20s in the creative arts world. And so I've been fangirling about Nancy Beach for almost that long uh, because she is, uh, at least in my opinion, kind of the matriarch of all things like artistic and creative in a church service to be used to, you know, just kind of bring people at ease and tear down the walls and help them be ready to receive um, the truth that they'll find there. So I am trying my very best to like not freak out that I get to have this conversation. (laughs) So Nancy, thank you for being here. And thank you for just your years of faithful ministry and influence that you've had on, on people like me and thousands more, I know, but I appreciate just getting to have watched you. Hmm, (laughs) And you're so humble. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we are, we're going to jump in because we have a lot to get to kind of hear from you about. And as those of you that listen to our podcast know, we always kind of do a few, these three different questions. And so I think as we share those and Nancy talks about those, we'll kind of get to know her and, and her perspective. And I know for those of you leading in, in ministries, you are going to be able to grab onto a lot of what she's saying today. So, so let's jump in. Our first question is always about like, what, if you had to pick one word, like what is your word that has either means a lot to you now, or just you've kind of held on to for a long time. So what's your word, Nancy? For a long time, it has been the word wonder. Um, it's close companion delight is also a good one, but uh, wonder is living in a state of paying attention um, noticing what God has made. Um, my girls sometimes call it my wows because I want to go through life always saying, wow, look at that. Wow. Can you believe that? I remember one vacation we were driving through the Rockies and I was so excited about what, you know, the vistas that I was seeing. And I look in the back seat and they both have their headphones on and they're just listening to music, paying no attention whatsoever. Made me so mad. Um, but it's easy for all of us to go on autopilot. And I fight that in my life. And I know a lot of people do and to just wake up and notice what God has done and notice moments uh, with people um, to just be fully present is, is important to me. I like that you talk about um, sort of nature, but then also people like, can you tell us a little bit more about like how those two things intersect in terms of your viewing it through the eyes of wonder? Well, I tend to be more task-oriented sometimes than people-oriented, and so I've had to really work at saying, if, if I'm present with someone, am I really present, or is my mind actually going to the next thing I'm going to say or the next thing I need to do? And it's it's learning to be a better listener. I think I'll work on that my whole life, and uh, listening with my whole body and giving eye contact. Um, I raised two daughters who were very verbal. And it was difficult to listen fully to them because they don't have an unexpressed <laughs> thought or emotion. I mean, it just was nonstop. It felt like um, my friends who have sons. I, I have one so like that. Not always that way. Yeah. <laughs> so to be fully present um, with people and uh, give them your best attention is, is one of the greatest gifts we can give one another. Mm. Yeah, I really like that sense of um, that, you know, obviously humans are creation too. So kind yes. of having that yeah. attentiveness to all of creation, whether it's a human form or the world. Right. Even um, even the, the people amongst us who would consider themselves like introverted or super shy, I think we can never underestimate how important it is that like people feel seen. Yes. Like addressed, recognized, valued, like those things that are like that intangible connection that I think, especially in ministry is super powerful. And it really, I think is something that like, we know that like Christ sees in us, like that Christ is delighted mm -hmm. by the ways that we live into our giftings or the ways that we are showing up, um, to, to be a representation of who he is. And when we take the time to really invest and see those in other people, I think it is like absolutely mm -hmm. powerful. One of the classic books I love is um, Ken Geyer's book, Intimate Moments with the Savior. And he talks about how Jesus was so fully present 
um, in various conversations with people. And uh, that really stuck with me. Mm. How has um, being somebody who kind of leans into wonder, like how has that made you a better leader, like just more attuned to your own calling? Like has that influenced that a lot? I think it has because uh, I looked at my ministry, particularly in the area of worship arts, as um, being one where a team of us tried to partner with the Holy Spirit. And that part's really important because there's a God part to this that, you know, we can't control, but partner with God to try to create transcendent moments for people, Um, moments when there's just an unmistakable sense of God's presence moments when people are moved emotionally in some way. And so if you live in a state of wonder, I think you are more likely to be able to create those kinds of experiences for other people because of the way you walk through life noticing and then bringing Mm. to light uh, the wonders that God, that God has made. So I, I do think there's a connection to that in ministry. And then secondly, I would just say, we all know, all three of us know that ministry is essentially about people. And so those moments with people, developing people, whatever else you're responsible for, um, you've probably got a team of people um, that you're working with. And that is, in my view, your primary ministry is building into them, encouraging them, helping them become transformed to be more like Christ. Um, that is your primary deal. So yeah, so wonder is connected to all of that. I think as a, I think all of us have had a background in in creative or worship arts. I definitely think as someone who serves uh, in worship ministry, it is like that third eye of like, I'm always kind of paying attention to myself is so hard to combat, right? Mm -hmm. And so if the perspective is not only partnership with the Holy Spirit, but almost like I'm going to turn that eye towards towards others and the wonder of what God is doing is one of the the chiefest ways to combat that like that uh, critical eye amongst yourself or almost a performative lens, right? Yes. If we're trying to really make sure that it is focused on other people, is focused on just the the sheer wonder of what God will do if we show up. Yes. So totally, I think that that That's is good. a super, super important. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went to an open house one time for one of my kids and, you know, I went into the teacher's room and there were all these posters up and different things and like the rules of the classroom and all the th- all those things. And there was a, a classroom rules one. And, um, what she was trying to say was like, don't just get up from your seat and wander around W A N D E R. But she had inadvertently wrote no wandering w-o-n-d <laughs> and i thought um, well that's not a good rule in a in a classroom you do yeah. want them to wonder you know absolutely and i always i i just will never forget that and thinking about you know our own selves as as little girls and being able to embrace wonder wander mm. am i saying it right now now i'm in my head um do you think, Nancy, like, did you, I know you said you're kind of more task oriented, but were you, uh, were and are you good at leading artists and working with artists because you've, you've always been good at wonder or has that taught you to be good at it or good at it's maybe not the right word, but just for it to be important to you? I think it's the latter. I, I definitely um, didn't grow up uh, with this 
skill or awareness of paying attention. And I think uh, when you when you realize sometimes how long you've been on autopilot and you've been too busy or you haven't been noticing, um, you know, after a while you realize that uh, intercepting that and kind of slowing things down enough to pay attention is going to be a discipline. It's going to be like a practice, a way of life that uh, some of us will probably never really fully succeed at. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a growth uh, trajectory for me um, and has been for, for many years. Um, But I do think that then when you see the rewards of it, you know, when you, when you have those moments that you did drink in and appreciate and, and it, it's very connected to gratitude too, because you're, you know, you're so aware of God's uh, breathtaking goodness that you just keep saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God, for that and that and that. And you, and you see, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the Psalms say, lift up your head. And I think about lift up your head, get out of the weeds and look up at the sky and see the clouds and see the stars at night and the moon. I'm, I'm obsessed with the moon lately. I, keep trying to find it. And where is it? <laughs> you know, why is it over there? And then it's over there. And, and uh, I, I, I know just, that's um, so confusing. I don't understand, but lift up your head and notice what God is up to. He is just the most magnificent creator. And Annie Dillard real quick, I just want to mention this because it's one of my favorite things in her book, Pilgrim at Tinker Creek describes when she was a little girl growing up in Pittsburgh, uh, she would scatter pennies she would hide them like in the cracks of the sidewalk or the roots of a tree. And then she would hide and she would watch to see who noticed a penny and who was willing to stoop down and pick up a penny. And then she makes this incredible analogy. She says, God has strewn the universe with pennies. He's just lavished them everywhere. And he's waiting to see who's going to notice. And, he, and, and I have a friend, the way she does it is she'll look up to heaven. She goes, I saw that. I saw that. I got that. That was magnificent. I, I see it. that bird. I see that, you know, so we want to have that kind of humility that says a penny is worth picking up and noticing things matters. Wow. Well, I was, I was going to ask you if you could give sort of a tangible application for somebody who wants to get better at wandering, but I feel like you just yeah. did that in the last couple mm-hmm. of minutes that Lifting up your head and taking the the rest, even, you know, it makes me think of even taking your vacations and taking Sabbath and all that so that you have that space and then just acknowledging the pennies. That is awesome. Yeah. I'm going to do that today. I love it. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's move on to um, another thing that we love to talk about is, you know, just to learn from those who are maybe a few steps ahead of us. And so if you you know, as you look back on your ministry and your leadership, if, if there was something that you learned that you could give as almost like a gentle warning to, to those who are, um, you know, maybe a little bit behind or newer or any of us can learn, but what is just a warning that you have that you've learned along the way that would help equip, uh, those of us leaders trying to really live into our potential? Well, I love the title that you give to your ministry, this be bold idea, because uh, I think there's some women who maybe are more naturally bold, but I would say the majority might be more like I was starting out where um, I, I was the first woman at the leadership table. And so I had all kinds of um, pressure that 
was really self-inflicted. I'm not sure anybody else was putting it on me, but I was thinking, um, okay, I'm representing my entire gender here, you know? And so I don't want to give a stupid idea or I don't want to pretend I know more than I do and all of this. And it made me so tentative to actually um, speak up and offer ideas. And in uh, Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, and some of the other books I've read, there's been studies done that show that women uh, generally don't offer an idea in brainstorming or a strategic meeting or something like that, unless they're almost 100% confident about what they're, what they're saying. Whereas men, and you've seen this, I'm sure, um, jump in, even if they're only 40 or 50% sure, they're, they sound like they're so full of confidence and they just show up with their thoughts and it's okay to take that risk. And I think uh, leaning in, meaning um, trusting your voice, trusting your instincts, knowing that you don't have to have 100% great ideas, but you're just part of the conversation and you're showing up. Um, you should have some percentage, I don't know what it is, but some percentage of participation. So when you leave a meeting, ask yourself, did I show up? Did I have ideas that I stuffed down because I was too scared? and afraid that other people would think it was wacky? Or um, did I have, oh, here's a good one. So many caveats before we say something that someone doesn't even know what you're saying anymore. You know, you, you, that's like <laughs> starting out like, well, I'm not exactly sure, but maybe, and I thought, you know, I don't know, this, this may not be worth it, but let me just say blah, blah, blah. By the time you get to your sentence, you've lost everybody. And then about two minutes later, a guy will say the same idea and everybody will love it. And you're thinking, I just said that, but you didn't just say that. You said a bunch of gobbledygook um, before you got to it. And, and so learning to uh, find my voice really and mm -hmm. show up was, was a, a big thing. Yeah. Did you, um, can you look back and see sort of moments or seasons where you you stretched yourself like where you could kind of see that growth that's a such an impossible question to ask but you know like cuz we look back and sometimes we say oh here I am here now how did I get here and you can kind of look back to marked moments that stretched you and maybe got you there but maybe it's just like a thousand little risks i don't know do you can you characterize yeah. how that was for you i think it is a thousand little risks but uh, I also think every time you show up and say something, even if it wasn't met with, you know, tremendous enthusiasm and you're still sitting there and you're still alive and the world didn't end, you're like, oh, okay, this, this wasn't so bad and I can do that again. And so it just reinforces your confidence. I do remember a brainstorming meeting. Um, this was when I was working uh, on a strategic team of a, a nonprofit and we were trying to come up with a new mission statement. And honestly, I don't like those meetings. Sometimes they can be very boring and wordsmithing, you know, some mission statement. But I remember a moment when I had this idea and I said it and I remember, and it was all other men in the circle. And I remember them affirming it like, oh, that's it. Like that, that's it. And it was a breakthrough um, for us. And that was a big confidence builder. Like, oh, wow, you know, God used me in that moment to help us take a new direction. Um, so yeah, you kind of look back and see progress. But for me, it was very slow uh, over a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, um, uh, we can, 
so you have a book that just came out and uh, I was reading it and you were talking about how studies have shown that the age that our confidence peaks as girls is age nine. And after that, it's just a decline. So this is almost like pushing against that, pushing against all Mm -hmm. the insecurities, all the, you know, inner dialogue um, and, and hoping that you're at a table that will receive that, you know? Yeah. Yes. I think that's the, I've had many uh, situations in my life where I've like had to prepare for a meeting where I was asked to like brainstorm, come up with some ideas or thoughts. And um, uh, I'm super lucky to have a close group of friends and, and great family where I said, hey, would you just listen to me talk about this for like 10 minutes mm. and make sure I don't sound nuts, right? Or even just a chance <laughs> to like, can I get a dry run at like pitching this yeah, to somebody? And when speech, it comes to ministry... Right. Yeah. When it comes to ministry, it's the communities like lead bold where it's like, Hey, this is a space where there are people, people who, who get you, who know exactly what it is you're trying to do. And for those of you who are like, maybe like you're in the steps of getting more comfortable with taking the risk. That's something I've, I've orchestrated a bit in my life is to be like, hi, can I like, like fake pitch this to you? Just tell me if it like, does it resound? Does it sound clear? And actually, Andrea, I know you've done this too. You were going to be speaking at an event and you invited a group of women that you trusted to come sit and just listen to you, mm. like almost like a dry run. And I think that there's some power in having that that sense of community because I do think sometimes when we feel like we're so alone or the pressure is so high being the only female in the room, like we almost feel like the risk might be too great, yes. right? And sometimes if you have a, a community of people in which you can lean on and, and, and love Jesus like you do in our are there to really love you through what might be confusing, right? And what you have to say, that might be a great resource for those who are maybe in the ramping stage of risk taker. I love that. And even um, post meeting, um, if you have, whether it's male or female, a friend in the circle, you can check back with them and say, did, how did that go? Like, did I make sense when I was saying that? Or um, was I too, um, you know, tentative or whatever? You can check with a friend. And if they're honest with you, that's such a gift um, to hold up a little bit of a mirror. But I love that dry run thing, too. I think that makes all kinds of sense. Yeah, it's really fascinating that how those are intertwined, that you you kind of have to put yourself out there and take a risk, but also have the humility and the desire for growth that you also mm-hmm. can ask for feedback, like you're saying, or you know, set up a situation so that you can get that feedback in advance. And it all, I mean, it just, it always comes back to community, right? It always comes back to Mm -hmm. who you have that, you know, believes in you. Like you said, Nancy is going to be honest here. Yeah. Our practice at our church is anybody who teaches runs their message um, during the week for uh, one or two of the other pastors, um, like, stands there with a music stand or whatever, does it like they're really going to do it and then sits there for another half an hour and takes notes from everybody and then spends the next day, you know, incorporating that I'm teaching this weekend. So I did that. And it's just part of this just like normal, you know, and, and yeah. I say that to say, it's always better after you do that. Oh, yeah. It's always a better message, you know? And so yeah. Yes, having having the people that you trust, whether it's 
you know, a message or whether it's like you're saying just, I have this idea or whatever. And I know when you're in a brainstorming meeting, you don't have time to run something by somebody else. But again, kind of being in that place where you are trusting yourself, you're not filtering the spirit, right? Nancy, you talked about right. working collaboratively with the spirit and how often like, like that might be where that idea is coming from. And we're like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I might, right. I might get laughed at. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I do. I, I love that I, kind of sense of that being tied to boldness. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I think I often remind myself with creativity and with ideas, we humans, we often run out of ideas, but I keep reminding myself that we worship the, the God who's the storehouse of ideas. I mean, the, 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 there's no end. And so if you can make yourself carve out time to be still and listen, I believe he wants to give us ideas. He really does. Um, and, and so giving him room and space so you pay attention to what he might have to say. That's really valuable. I like that con that concept of like, he wants to give you ideas. <laughs> he has mm -hmm. ideas and he wants to share them with you. Yes. Do you have your yes. head up? So it goes back to lift your face up, pay attention. Right. <laughs> and it kind of links back to even just going full circle as we get into kind of our third question. It does go full circle with your word, wonder, because um, we want to ask you, like, where where have you been wowed lately uh, by God, by somebody else? What what has that looked like for you lately? Well, I'm a very proud mama. I have two uh, adult daughters, and uh, I am wowed, and it's not just them. I see this in other people as well. Whenever I see someone in the sweet spot of their gifts, uh, using them in a way that's going to make a difference. And so my younger daughter, um, she's a leader, but she's also very good with design and she works for an interior design company. And so she got this idea and it's a little bit like television shows that do this, but she, she found with the help of a, a nonprofit, um, a family, the woman had been homeless for a long time and had three children and they finally got into an apartment. They had been homeless, but the apartment had no nice furnishings and nothing beautiful about it. And my daughter worked with our church and with um, a group of volunteers and it got it funded so she could send the family to a hotel on a weekend. And uh, that was cool because the kids swam and they just love that. And she um, did that magical makeover thing, you know, of their place and, uh, had about 10 to 12 volunteers helping her and did it in the space of a couple of days. And then there was the big reveal and they made a video and family came in and, and they just couldn't believe it. And my daughter, the joy on her face, what a wow that was for me, you know, to see her think, you know, God made me to do this. I was born to do something like this, you know? And then my older daughter, it's also a leader, but she has teaching gifts and she has started preaching fairly regularly at her church um, at least once a month. And this is with very little training, although she's a theater major from college. And I know that that has helped her in some ways. And she's a writer. Um, so she is taking her writing skills um, to crafting sermons. And whenever I watch her um, recently, my husband and I, I swear my, my mouth was wide open, like, how did this happen so quickly? God clearly has gifted her and she's having a great impact on her congregation. 
Um, so those have, those have been two moments for me. And I just celebrate whenever, like I say, I see someone who, who can drive away and think I was born for that. I, I was born for that's what God made me to do. And I see both of them in the very center of that these days. That is so cool. I affirm that so much, uh, that sense of getting to see somebody who is like, of course they should be doing that and, and to find it, you know, I mean, um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but like for, I know, you know, some of our listeners have totally found their sweet spot and, or they're in a season where they can actually implement it. I I feel like for me, Mm -hmm. I knew my sweet spot for a long time, but, uh, you know, long story short, just my life circumstances, I, I'm not really getting to fully have the freedom to live it out until just these last few years. But my question mm-hmm. is like, how, what would you say to that person who is kind of trying to get to that place and trying to, you know, sometimes we see other people in their wow moment and it makes us jealous. Mm-hmm. So could you just kind of speak to that woman who is kind of trying to find her way there? Yes. I think um, first it's growing in self-awareness to know, okay, what we we are told in scripture, God gave each of us at least one gift, but you know, what are your gifts? What are your strengths? Um, You look back at your childhood in particular and ask yourself, what activities was I doing in my childhood when time just seemed to disappear and I was so consumed and I felt fully alive? You know, what were you doing when that when that happened. And it's sort of being a student of your own journey and trying to return back to that original joy that you found. Um, For me, it was getting all the kids in the neighborhood and doing a show. I would be the leader and we're going to do a haunted house and we're going to do a circus. And my mom said, it makes so much sense. (laughs) Yeah. And she called me bossy, which, you know, that's a bit of a ouch, but that's a whole other podcast about women being called bossy. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so first it's discerning what you think it is. And then, you know, it's true that the majority of people aren't working in a, in a job that completely aligns with their zone of genius, as one of my friends calls it. Um, but what can you do to start to inch towards that? Like sometimes it's in a volunteer thing, it's in your hobby or it's in your off time or it's, it's some way in which you volunteer at your church or for a nonprofit. Um, you begin to experiment and and try to work towards a place where the majority of your time can be invested in something that's part of your zone of genius. Um, when that happens, it's it's just magic. And I think God smiles and you smile because you're like, you made me for this. I think that's so amazing. And I think that we fall into this trap sometimes that like of feeling like if someone has a gift that's similar to yours, that like that's their thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that in the end, that recognition of like looking up and realizing that like every gift and every human belongs to the yes. Lord. And so that space of like, I can't, I can't try this. That's her thing. Or I can't try that. He, these people do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I think once you found that sense of awareness and like joy and like, I feel like I was made for this. And so I want to impact it. I have grown up in a family where um, I've always loved the story of Esther. Mm. And when I was a kid, I was going to say for our younger listeners, you might not know what these are, but they're called cassette tapes. (laughs) My grandmother would read read Bible stories on cassette and I would listen to them to fall asleep. And my favorite that she always did was the story of Esther. 
And I've always been encouraged by like that, like, like what we've talked about today, the risk, taking the risk, mm -hmm. leaning in and the self-awareness of like, I was made for this, like that phrasing, right? Such a time yeah. as this to recognize that like, when we do step into that moment, we are, we are at the peak of obedience to God and also at the peak of impact to the kingdom because we were made to do it. And there's sometimes fear in that, but the, the overwhelming feeling that, Hey, I was made to do this and I'm going to take the risk is like really inspiring. Mm, it's great. Aaron. Well, I'll say it again, even though I said it at the beginning, Nancy, um, being able to watch you from a distance and then just more recently, a little more close up as we've gotten to know each other has been a wow for me. And I, I know that every woman who's leading in their giftedness, you know, somebody is watching and somebody is being inspired by that. And so uh, thank you for sharing those stories about your your daughters and getting to kind of live live with that um, just celebration of, of what they're doing and being wowed by that. Um, we're kind of wrapping up our time, but I wanted to talk about a couple other things. First of all, I don't know if you know this, Nancy, but one of the kind of jokes that we do on our podcast is while we're listening, we come up with the name of your autobiography and then you just have to go write it. So, okay. you know, that's on you, whether you'll do that or not. But, um, and so I'm assuming Aaron has been writing down some thoughts. I have a couple and then we just make that the title of the episode. So anyway, what, okay. Aaron, what do you got? <laughs> I, I feel bad because the one that really resonates with me is like, it's technically someone else's metaphor, but the like picking up the pennies or like looking yeah, for the man. pennies, pennies from love heaven, it. right. Um, is such an inspiring image, but I also love this idea of like, no wondering in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what if what have you I, got? Okay, Andrea? I have my my long one is uh, tapping into the storehouse of God's ideas or something about God's ideas. I, love I like that. how you're like God's got all the ideas. We just have to like pay attention. And then my other one was um, wondering. Well, I feel like you're a good yeah. you're a good oh. wonderer, Nancy, and mm. helping us be engaged to do that. So anyway, but. The real thing I wanted to talk about is you actually have written several books, <laughs> several actual books, not just fake made up books that we're talking about <laughs> here. So real quick before we go, I know that you just um, just here in June had um, another book come out that you co-wrote with your daughter. Could you just tell us a little bit about that book and where we can find it and who you wrote it for just for those listening that might be really ready to um, be encouraged by what you wrote? Yes. Uh, well, I'm a baby boomer and my daughter is a millennial and we uh, love to talk about the church. Um, we talk about, uh, we debrief stuff, uh, you know, especially if you're in the arts, you debrief everything. So our family would hang around in the kitchen after uh, plays that the girls were in or after sports that they did, but also after big church events and would say, how did it go? You know, what did you think? And were there any moments? And you know, uh, any violation of moments, which is a whole nother thing. And, and so we would uh, debrief together. And uh, Samantha and I in recent years have really been talking a lot about the state of the church, the future of the church, her friends who are far from God, who are not in church. And, and so uh, we decided to write this book called Next Sunday. And the subtitle is An Honest Dialogue About the Future of the Church. And we came up with seven distinctives. I'm sure there's more than seven, but we came up with seven things that we think are vital for the church if it's going to thrive uh, in the future. And we each wrote a chapter on each of those distinctives. 
So we didn't co-write in the sense of crafting sentences together. We co-wrote in the sense of let me take my spin on it and let her take her spin on it um, for each of those seven. And it was a really great experience to do this with her. And I think what surfaced most of all is that while the church has a lot of brokenness and there's been, for many people, a lot of church pain, we have hope for the church. Um, we really do. And we, we're um, asking God to use this as a tool of hope for people um, to not give up on the church, even if it has deeply disappointed you in some ways, um, and to get back in there because I think it's God's plan A for reconciling the world to himself. I think he made that clear. And, uh, you know, I often look up to heaven like many of us and go, what was your plan B? Because we've really messed this up. Um, we don't, we're not doing it very well. Yeah. Um, but I think we got to get right back in there. We're, we're not doing it perfectly because we're human and we're sinners and we make mistakes. But uh, when the church is, is functioning the way God intended, there's nothing more beautiful. And uh, we want to make the bride of Christ as radiant and beautiful and loving and welcoming as we possibly can. Yeah, that is so inspiring. And I appreciate that you guys took that time to to craft this book and to share kind of those unique perspectives that you each have. Mm-hmm. You know, for our community, um, those of you listening, whether you are leading in the church or whether you're leading in a in a an adjacent space, chances are you're engaged in, I hope you're engaged in your local church. And so I just highly recommend this book. Again, it's called Next Sunday, An Honest Dialogue About the Future of the Church. And it's available on Amazon. I didn't answer your question. You can get it on Amazon. Awesome. As as we get all things on Amazon. Yes. I'm awesome. sure it's available elsewhere, but that's yes. the easy one that's the other storehouse that's yeah, not that's the other storehouse but that's it is storehouse of the other products. storehouse we're talking about that's the storehouse right. of ideas um well right. nancy it's been so wonderful to be with you thank you for your time and your insight and just letting us you know kind of learn from somebody who uh you know your your path has been successful and also it's great to get to kind of get inside of it and just listen to the ways where you had doubt or you struggled or you had to kind of hold on to that wonder. And it's such a good, more than a reminder, but it's just such a good um, intention to be, to be better at wonder. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you both. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Lead Bold Podcast with Nancy Beach. We encourage you to check out her book that she has written with her daughter, Samantha, just a wealth of knowledge on the future and aspirations of where the church can go in the years to come. If you're a fan of Nancy, you should also be attentive to the Chicago conference that's coming in November with Lead Bold as she will be present and accounted for there. If you are on the West Coast or more central towards uh, California, don't forget we have our conference in person coming up in September. I believe it's the weekend of the 16th. You can head over to leadingbold.org for tickets and details and all of the information you might need. So until we chat with you next or until you listen in again, we hope that you're leading bold.
and so much more. So feel free to check that out on Annie's website, leadingbettertogether.com. We have a ton going on with us in the Lead Bold uh, crew. You can always find information on our website, leadingbold.org. A couple quick call-outs for you. We have a great event that's coming up in August, an Abide Gathering, such a special time um, for women to just be together in community with themselves and with God. You're not going to want to miss that. Um, if you really enjoyed our virtual uh, kind of conference event that happened with Inspired to Lead, I'd encourage you if you're Bay Area local um, or close to the Bay Area to come hang out with us in September in our in-person conference in Livermore, California. It's going to be wonderful. And for those of you who say, Aaron, I don't live in the Bay Area and I'm not able to travel that far. I actually live closer to the central uh, part of the U.S. or potentially East Coast. Well, then do I have news for you, my friend, because we are going to Chicago in November. That's right. Lead Bold is growing. God is doing amazing things and you are not going to want to miss out. So if you'd like any information on what's going on in Chicago, on what's happening in the Bay in September and even in August as we connect together in person, feel free to check out our website, leadingbold.org. And as always, we hope that you do lead bold and you find space in this community to get resources and to find folks who really get you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.